Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Service, Suffering, and Judgment, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we have learned of a podcast on our episode page on our verbal account. We are uncertain at this time as to how it got there without our authorization of it, which we did not give. To find all listed episodes, scroll down past this entry until we can determine if it can be deleted. We are presently uncertain of how to remove it at this time. We will update you when we know more. Thank you for your patience. In our first episode of this year, titled Service, Suffering, and Judgment, Part 1, January 2nd, we examined 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 of 7 through 11. In an associated verse, we were able to better understand what verses 7 and 8 were telling us. That examination told us two things. One, hatred stirs up fights. These are fights of all kinds, from simple verbal fights to anything stronger. If God's people act this way, then what witness to a world of people who need to find God is such actions? Two, love covers all transgressions. If that is true, then we can expect a more harmonious lifestyle as we are by the act of love, more forgiving of the shortcomings of others, whether they are saved or not. We also learn from what William Burkett said, sobriety, watchfulness, and prayer are very requisite and needful qualifications. For what purpose, one could ask. We learned about that purpose, which is to prepare and fit persons for every coming and appearance of Christ to judgment, be it his particular coming to some, meaning the rapture, as we call it today, or his universal coming to all at the end of the world. This week, our scripture reads, Show hospitality to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. From 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 9-11 through 11. Starting in verse 9, it is interesting that Peter notes 
that people should be hospitable to one another. This is a daily fact of which we should all be aware. Whether to the saved or unsaved, we should be known for our hospitality. It is of note here that Peter is talking to those who know the Lord specifically. Quite frankly, if we cannot be hospitable to each other, how can we be even remotely hospitable to those in our lives who are unsaved that we do not even know at all? Yes, I am taking this a bit further than Peter did, not without good reason since I see, especially now, rudeness by others in this pandemic time, regardless of where I am when it happens. I hear about it also from others I come in contact with as they relate frustrating testimonies. I think a good thing to learn is the fact many need to learn to put away the overwhelming lack of hospitality. Maybe as simple as extending kindness to someone behind the counter serving us our purchased cup of coffee. Hello. Please. Thank you. And whatever else is appropriate, for starters. Here in New England, in the USA, I have seen servers very much abused abused by someone who is in a hurry and the server cannot help them make up some of their lost time incurred by them, the person in front of the counter, being late and still wanting their cup of coffee to go. On the duty of hospitality, without grudging, in the Greek, without murmurs, that is, without complaining of the hardship of doing it, of the time, and expense, and trouble required in doing it. The idea of grudging, in the common sense of that word, that is, of doing it unwillingly, or regretting the experience, and considering it as ill-bestowed, or as not producing an equivalent of any kind, is not exactly the idea here. It is that we are to do it with without murmuring, without grudging, or complaining. It greatly enhances the value of hospitality that it be done on our part with entire cheerfulness. One of the duties involved in it is to make a guest happy, and this can be done in no other way than by showing him that he is welcome from Barnes' New Testament Notes. That passage of Barnes' New Testament Notes closes strongly. Notice the last three sentences with regard to serving others. It is that we are to do it without murmuring or complaining. It greatly enhances the value of hospitality that it be done on our part with entire cheerfulness. One of the duties involved in it is to make a guest happy, and this can be done in no other way than by showing him that he is welcome. Despite the fact 
that commentary passage was written in a different time. Our commentator is referring to both men and women. Here, in the American church, I have seen this done in a very discriminating way. Meaning, if someone likes what they see and hear in a stranger or even fellow church attendee, they, in turn, are nice and even act towards them in a biblical, hospitable way by bestowing hospitality. However, when some come into a church that are weather-beaten by life, I have seen the total opposite response to these people making the church seem to be something it should not be to such a stranger. What kind of loving testimony is that? Scripture doesn't compensate us for our likes or dislikes. It tells us to do many things regardless of what we think about the situation or the people involved. Things are, for the most part, only different when dealing with unrelenting evil intent found in some people. No amount of hospitality is going to calm that kind of personality. So, why do we extend hospitality to others? Have some been this way toward angels? Our Bible helps us answer that question. Do not neglect hospitality because through it some have entertained angels without knowing it. From Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. No doubt a positive command is included in the prohibition. Forget not, that is, remember to do it. Be always in a readiness for the discharge of this duty. Our hearts ought to be always in a gracious disposition towards such duties as are attended with difficulty or charge. The liberal mind devises liberal things. The reason enforcing the duty hereby some have entertained angels unawares. So did Abraham and Lot entertain three angels in the appearance of men, not knowing who or what they were. By receiving strangers out of faith in Christ and love to God, we may receive precious saints, and, which is more, some blessed angels sent to keep them, and, which is most of all, Jesus Christ himself, who at present represents and will hereafter acknowledge and reward such kindnesses shown to his members as done to himself. Reference, Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 46, from Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. With regard to being hospitable to even strangers, notice how this commentary passage opens. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. Then our commentator said it again differently. Forget not, that is, Remember to do it. 
we, in part, do this by being always in a readiness for the discharge of this duty. Notice also the reasoning for this encouragement. The reason enforcing the duty, hereby some have entertained angels unawares. Meaning, the course of our interactions have been with angels that look every bit to us as men. As such, we have entertained angels unawares. Meaning, if you haven't guessed by now, we have had conversations with an angel or angels while we were totally unaware of them being anything but human. This is something we really need to understand. Verse 10 reads, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. As every man hath received the gift, the word rendered the gift in the Greek without the article means endowment of any kind, but especially that conferred by the Holy Spirit. Here it seems to refer to every kind of endowment by which we can do good to others, especially every kind of qualification furnished by religion by which we can help others. It does not refer here particularly to the ministry of the Word, though it is applicable to that and includes that, but to all the gifts and graces by which we can contribute to the welfare of others. All this is regarded as a gift or charisma of God. It is not owing to ourselves, but is to be traced to Him. From Barnes' New Testament Notes These comments hold a few things to look at closer. First and most notable is the opening statement. As every man has received the gift. The gift? What gift? Notice, in the Greek, without the article means endowment of any kind. Where does this gift, endowment, come from? The full statement tells us. In the Greek, without the article means endowment of any kind, but especially that conferred by the Holy Spirit. What gift or gifts are being referenced here? It seems to refer to every kind of endowment by which we can do good to others, especially every kind of qualification furnished by religion by which we can help others. So, with this spiritual help, we all have the ability to offer good to others. These endowments vary person to person, as well as where on planet Earth we come from. People from, say, Africa have different foods and cooking than anyone from any other place on the planet. The same is true for anyone else from anywhere else on planet Earth. This identifies, in a limited way, 
our practical helps we can offer others. Now, like our practical helps, we all have differences in our spiritual endowments, or, as some call such endowments, our spiritual gifts. In this regard as well, this is done for us by the Holy Spirit in us, through us, to help others. This means, if you are not comfortable in one regard, you hold a means to help someone else in a way you feel both comfortable and competent with what you have to offer that will help another even in these pandemic times. With that in view, just what can you think of that you have the gifting to do in a comfortable and competent way? Again, whether it's from a practical gift or a spiritual gift, you have all that you need within you to help and bless others. That means the only restriction or restrictions are found in your practical needs to get something done. This is where prayer and hearing God helps tremendously. By example, when I believed God was telling me to start this podcast, I needed equipment. I found that a selling source had stored up credits based on what I had already bought from them. I had exactly the number of credits to pay for everything I needed to get started, meaning all my equipment to start podcasting was 100% free of charge because my credits paid for all of it. Not a cent more and not a cent less. My equipment cost the exact amount of my credits. These credits were offered that one time only, and this place of purchase has never offered such credits again. With that testimony, what might it point to in your life that you may be missing that God is offering you to reach out to this world even in its pandemic state? Moving forward, whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is an application of the above general rule to a particular case, the public ministry of the word, for that is here meant, if any man speak, not in any manner or on any subject, not in a private way, or about things natural and civil, but in a public and concerning divine things, let him speak. This is rightly supplied in our translation. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. This is a critical learning experience. Again, notice the first two sentences in Verse 11, whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything God will be glorified 
through Jesus Christ. In my case, podcasting is a speaking action. It is also a matter of service to others. So, according to this passage in verse 11, I am not only supposed to speak, but I am also to serve others by making the time to properly prepare each study podcast as correctly as I know how. I should also not turn down offers for help by others that know more about podcasting than I do, who know more about the Word of God than I do, and are pastors because of it. The same is true about creating each podcast from God's Word. This is why I have two supporting pastors who have gone to school to do what I am doing in this podcast. Again, what are you doing with your talents and gifting by the Holy Spirit? Notice what the second sentence said. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies so that in everything God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. Notice how this sentence opens. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies. Do you have the strength you need to serve? We were just told by Scripture, if you serve, to do it with the strength that God supplies. That should be a clue for you. If you feel run down and as if you are climbing uphill and it is tiring, maybe you are not doing what God has called you to do. I find podcasting challenging, but it does not wear me down and tire me out so it seems more a chore than a calling of God. It is very easy for me to do. I also have those pastors of whom I can consult with to give you the greatest accuracy of what I relate to you. Not perfect, but to the highest possible human standard. That, in simple terms, is how I have worked out my situation to honor God as much as is humanly possible in my situation. I hope this truly blesses all of you. We will conclude this particular study in our next episode, Service, Suffering, and Judgment, Part 3. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. Thank you all so much. God bless you all.
If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address unchurched.site123.me. At present, we are located on a growing number of podcast sites, so you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Now, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.